Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sunod's Podcast. I am your host, Joe Denizio, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dominic Lampasona. Today, we're going to be talking about characters ruined by beloved franchises and PEDs in Hollywood. It's going to be a good one, so stay tuned. Dom, how are we doing today, man? Doing good. Doing good? Doing good. Yeah. How's uh, how's my how's my gym treating you? It's good. It's good, right? Yeah. I pulled my back, which isn't good. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it's been a while since we've actually like lifted some weights, but it's, it's nice that we have an option. Yes. And there's no excuses now, which is good. I can shed off the uh, the COVID nineteen as everyone's calling it that nineteen extra pounds that everyone's been gaining. Yeah, well, the gyms aren't coming back probably till twenty twenty one. So yep. So I definitely had <laughs> to investment. Yeah, definitely had to invest right. in the gym. But first, let's get started on our first uh, topic that we're going to be talking about, and I sure. want to talk about franchise characters that have been ruined by beloved franchises. Um, and first on the list. And it just pains me to say it, and a lot of people might give me shit for this, but we're going to talk about the Incredible Hulk in the MCU. Um, me and you have talked about this countless yes. numbers of times. The one thing I really want to talk about is not his solo movie, but when we see him in Avengers, this is Mark Ruffalo's first uh, appearance as Bruce Banner in right. the Incredible Hulk. Um, and in that movie, he's smart, he's intelligent. You know, He definitely puts those 10 PhDs together, and he uses them the right way. Um, and the Hulk, the Hulk itself is just an animal, complete animal. He's right. a badass. He's destructive. He's what the Hulk is supposed to be. Right. Uh, Age of Ultron. He's the same exact way. He's intelligent. He's destructive. Um, and there's a little bit more to the character because we see him kind of go off in the city, and you know he's very aware of it. Even though he's in the Hulk state, he's very aware that he's destructive and that he's chaotic and that he's hurting people. And it's just a really interesting way to look at the character. Right. Um, and then we get to Thor Ragnarok. Yep. And this is where I have a problem with Bruce Banner. Um, the Hulk the Hulk aspect of him, you know, he's a gladiator. Uh, it was really cool. It was cool to see. I liked it a lot. Uh, Bruce Banner, though, is just a fucking dork. He's a clown. A clown. Yeah. Like, it's like, dude, did you, do you even have 10 PhDs? Right. Are you smart? Are you intelligent? Like he doesn't seem intelligent to me in that film. And I don't know. It might've been just for the comedy aspect because the movie is more on the lighter side. It's more, there's more comedy elements in the film. Um, but I don't like what they did with the character. Well, I mean, it was because of what Thor Ragnarok was supposed to be. It was, mm. you know, right after, yeah, it was after civil war. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Hulk, the, the two most powerful characters so far in the MCU, right. pretty much, is Hulk and Thor, mm-hmm. and they're not in Civil War, so they're going to bring him back, and the studio, I guess, for the Thor franchise or the Thor story, they just wanted to completely redesign and right. redesign him and Hulk at the same time, right? which, honestly, like, personal preference, I wasn't a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I like Thor Ragnarok. I like, yeah, I liked it as a movie, but where, when you look at it, when it's involved in the MCU, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it's too obvious. Yeah. Yeah, you know I would I mean? agree it's with that. It's way too obvious, and it's like, okay, well, you know, the first two Thors aren't uh, the best. Guess, yeah, they're not. They're definitely in the bottom uh, tier for Marvel films, right. I would say. So, I mean,. Again, as as the studio probably looked at it, it was a good move on their part. Absolutely, um, it was very well received. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but then you know you go from Ragnarok to Infinity War. Uh, yeah. If you want to lead into that with just about the Hulk and yeah, Thor. I mean, so like the the first time you know we see the Hulk, he gets his ass kicked by Thanos. 
But like, which is it's I was fine with it, it was because a great element in the storytelling, right? Right, because it's the first time. It's like, all right, like Hulk is chaotic. He doesn't really think. He's just brute force going full force all the time. Where Thanos is an unbelievable. Uh, he's got an unbelievable military mind, and he knows how to fight. And it was just crazy to see. Well, the Hulk right, get his ass kicked. Right. It's right off the bat. It's establishing the power behind right. the antagonist in the movie. Exactly. Which I thought was perfect. Because at uh, that point, it's like, oh shit, like anything can happen. Right. And That's the, why I liked it. And then, um, you know, Bruce Banner gets beams back into Earth. Uh, and we see him confront Tony Stark. And it's just <laughs> like the delivery that he has. Hey, Tony. Thanos is coming. He's bad. He's really bad. It's like, all right. Like the, to me, like that's what the fuck is that, dude? <laughs> Like, I get it, like, he's supposed to be scared and shit like that, but, like, he just sounded like a moron. Right. So, I didn't like that, and then we go through all of Infinity War, and we don't see the Hulk. Yeah. I was pissed about that. And I'm, I was mad about it, and I'll, I'll, I'll bridge it more into um, Endgame, but, you know, he goes in the Hulkbuster suit, and we got little head Mark Ruffalo. That fucking pissed me off. He's just, like, tripping and stuff. He's, like, tripping and shit. Yeah, dude, like, just a goofball. Like, right. he's got 10 PhDs. Like, use it. Right. You know what I mean? Um... But again, we didn't get to see the Hulk in Infinity War, and then we bridge into Endgame, and they fuse the Hulk and Bruce Banner's mind together. And it, I think in this one, they brought his intelligence back a little bit, kind of. Um, but we don't get to see the Hulk go apeshit, yeah, go you bonkers. Don't see the Hulk, right? You don't yeah. see the Hulk, right. and I and like that just didn't sit right with me at all. Nah, me either. And then the whole. Um, where it's like <laughs> he's about to he's like about to put the the gauntlet on. Yeah. You get he's to look like, into the camera when it's like uh I was made for this. It's like uh, I was made for this. It's like, all right, dude, come on. Like just the delivery behind that was just yeah, awful. Yeah. So I mean, um you know, I remember when Infinity War and mm-hmm. Endgame was coming out and Obviously, Universal, I th- well, I think Universal still has the rights to the whole character, so they can't make a standalone movie. Just yet. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, Marvel's partnered up with, with Sony, with mm-hmm. Spider-Man uh, standalone movies and everything. But, you know, the, the character arc of the Hulk was supposed to play out from, from Age of Ultron mm-hmm. into Thor. You know, so it's kind of like this arc you see develop, but there's just so many missing parts like you mm-hmm. want to see as a fan. Yeah, I'd agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, I do, I, I do like the arc. Like I like the idea behind it, but like, I want to see how it developed. Right. You know? And that was just something we didn't get. Definitely. Definitely. You know, it's kind of just like, all right, you're thrown in, thrown into Thor Ragnarok and it's supposed to be what, like a year or two later. And, the, and I think it's the two, Hulk's it's like two years later. And yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, I, all right, how did this sounds happen? Sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, but that's on the Hulk in the MCU. Now we're going to move to something a little bit different. Captain Jack Sparrow and Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, or Caribbean, however you want to pronounce <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so I recently went back and I watched uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, and then I wanted to watch Dead Men Tell No Tales in preparation for this because from Curse of the Black Pearl through At World's End, Jack Sparrow, yeah, like he's goofy in a sense, but he uses some intelligence to try and think of a way out of the sticky situations he gets himself into. Whereas in dead men tell no tales, he is a drunk goof that accidentally stumbles into and out of danger. And it's just, it's just a complete deviation from what the character was supposed to be. 
he's not a like to me like he's not like really a pirate anymore like pirates are greedy uh but they're clever and cunning at the same time and they completely just get away from that for the character and i don't i i just don't like it like i think dead men tell no tales could have been so much better if captain jack sparrow wasn't such an idiot drunk the whole movie mm. you know what i mean um that's crazy too because you have such a such a great actor yeah for I, again i haven't seen the last like two and i barely saw like the they're, first couple they're really not that good. um yeah i'm surprised that they went that route with it yeah me too i i don't know what it was like, it was just a loss in direction um maybe it was like kind of the studio was like oh well people like when captain jack sparrow is being an idiot so let's <laughs> just make him an idiot the whole time right. and like to me that's no yeah no. that's the studio um another character you might not know what the, what to say about but john mcclain and the Die Hard series yeah, because you haven't seen any of them god damn it but uh john mcclain went from a city cop fighting terrorists barefoot to almost superhero like which again deviates from the original source of what the character was supposed to be um you know in the first three diehards i would say He's again, he's that city cop and he's just he's fighting crime. And yeah, like there's entertaining, like some of this stuff probably wouldn't happen in real life. But again, like it's grounded to the point where it's like, okay, this is believable. Whereas in Live Free, Die Hard and more so in um, the last one, which is uh, a good day to die hard. It's just like superhero, like completely different, like it just doesn't seem uh, grounded at all. It's completely for entertainment. Um, which is fine if you like that, but from a fan of the originals, like that is just not what the character is. Well, okay, so think about what you just said, right? And put that next to the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. It's the exact same thing. You're man. right. You're a hundred percent right. Look at f- the the first Fast and Furious is awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. Even the second one. I always the, say the second one was good too. Yeah, but then what was it like? I guess the fourth one, it was Fast and Furious was uh-huh. the fourth one. Fourth and that's one. when it completely redesigned again. It was the studio being like, all right, we can suck the tit out of something that is there. <laughs> yeah. And then now by like the seventh or eighth, or did they have eight already? I don't know. It's eight. And then they're, I think they're, film, they're filming nine oh, okay. right now. Yeah. So by the by the last of them, they're freaking throwing missiles like the rock is like out of the like a yeah, truck and throwing missiles they're down. they're in a car chase on a right. frozen lake yeah, and the right. rock <laughs> catches a torpedo and repels it yeah. back at the enemy them back. What? turn the goddamn wheel to the left really quickly Like, dude, like, what is that? And the first one, they're just racing cars. Yeah. It's, again, it, it, it's a grounded film. Right. Um, it had it. It dealt with a lot of culture and a lot of. It was just. It was a gangster movie. Right. You know, the first one dealt with family. So many different, just like human aspects within the story. Right. And then turns into just blockbuster. Hey, but if they're making over a billion dollars every single one, why the fuck wouldn't they? Yeah. Make another one. Yeah. So. Don't reinvent the wheel. I mean, if it's working for them. Right. Then so by it's all like means. okay, well, as a fan and someone that can really see through the bullshit. Right. See how much it's changed. But the studio is loving the paycheck. So Definitely. I would be complaining. <laughs> okay, and then moving on to a beloved character, we got Peter Parker from the Raimi trilogy, Spider-Man 3. Now, Peter Parker went from the quirky kid next door to dancing in the street like a douchebag <laughs> who hits women. That is true. I never... <laughs> he slaps Mary Jane, dude. That's right. Like... That son of a bitch. To me, to me that is just... Oh, my God. Like, complete... Just... 180 for the character. 
the, why, why was he dancing in the street? He went into a store, he buys a suit, and then he's dancing in the street. Yeah. I love watching it though. It's entertaining. It's enter it's funny, but like at the same time, it's not Peter Parker. Peter Parker does not do that. Do you are you not a fan of Spider Man 3? <sighs> of the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's? I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. It's my least favorite out of the three. I'd say two is probably my the best, then one, then three. I don't hate the film, but it's not as good as I thought it was gonna be. Like, even as a kid, I remember being somewhat disappointed. Really? Yeah. I remember as a kid loving it. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man, well, because like, coming off Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2 was the best, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man 3, I remember being like, when did that movie come out? Probably like either like 10 or 11. I was like kind of disappointed. Did I ever tell you a story when I went to go see that? Spider-Man 3? I don't know. Me and my mom were in line. Mm -hmm. First night it came out, and it was a really late showing. It was like 10 o'clock or something. And it was at Manville Movie Theater. Right. And they're having everybody wait outside, like outside of the theater, right. but like in a line to go into the ticket booth and everything. Right. So we were waiting there for a while, probably like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And I, the, I guess the showing that just happened, everybody's walking out. And this kid and his dad, this little kid younger than me. Right. Was coming out and they're, I kind of just, you know, heard them talking about the movie. And then he's like, oh my God, I can't believe Harry died. Oh no. And I was like, are you fucking kidding we were what like 10 years old maybe i was like are you fucking joking no yeah so the little kid spoiled it before i even saw it oh that sucks yep. dude wow yeah well fucking kids uh, that's unfortunate yeah save the best for last i'm gonna talk about darth vader anakin skywalker and the star wars prequels now if you're on tiktok you know that the star wars prequels have gained some sort of cult following you know people love the movies I love the movies. I grew up watching them, but you cannot deny the fact that there it's t there's terrible writing and awful acting all throughout the three prequel movies. You can't deny that fact. So Darth Vader obviously is one of the most iconic characters in in yeah. film. Yeah, Not, I wouldn't even just say Star Wars, just in film. Yeah. Like you know, in Darth Vader. History, yeah. I am your father. Like that is just such an iconic character. Even if we never saw the Star Wars, you know who Darth Vader is. Right. So the story in the prequels for Darth Vader and his um, his change from Jedi to Sith is good, right? I think it's good. But that story is plagued, again, by terrible writing and awful acting. And a fuck ton of CGI. And a fuck ton of CGI. <laughs> and like that, and that, that takes away so much. It does. It really does. And, you know, George Lucas, I, I, I mean, yeah, he's a father of Star Wars, but he did a shit job with the writing for the prequels. So, yeah, I wonder why. I don't Old know. Age. Uh, we're gonna move on to our next segment, and we're gonna be talking about PEDs and steroids in Hollywood. This is a very controversial topic. Um, there's been a lot of speculation, and, and it's kind of left up to interpretation from the viewers and fans of these films. Um, 
So are our favorite actors taking PEDs to get ready for roles that are physically demanding and focus on their physiques? superhero roles action roles that kind of thing right a uh, quick disclaimer before we get into this i'm not taking away from the hard work and dedication these actors put into their prep for the roles in these various films i'm merely stating that some of their transformations that take place seem too incredible in such a short amount of time that that's all i'm saying i'm not taking away from these guys at all um so let's get into it sure so younger actors like zach efron uh for his transformation for baywatch these guys, you can conjure up the argument that they're natural because they have their, their age as an advantage. Right. Right. Uh, Zac Efron's physique in Baywatch is incredible. Oh, it's fucking insane. It's incredible. Yeah. And I think that is just a product of, one, he's not a very big guy to begin with. No. I think it's a product of three to four months of hardcore dieting with the best nutritionists, the best trainers um, that the studio pays for. Right. You know what I mean? And they're probably, they probably threw a fat paycheck at him. It was like, you need to get in shape for this movie. And this is how much we're going to pay you to do it. Right. So the incentive is there. The tools and the resources are there. So I think in my, I don't, I do not think uh, Zac Efron took anything. I don't think so at all. In I terms mean, if, of steroids for yeah. Baywatch. If you look back, even at like Neighbors, there was times where, you know, he has the classic oh yeah shirt yeah. off and everything like, he still looks good and he's right. always had that very athletic uh build cut yeah like a very yeah. built like that and again like i don't think he's that big of a dude maybe like no five, he's, seven, he's five, not eight. a big dude at all so i mean he has to be at you know 150 to 160 i would imagine to have, look like that right so i mean he probably already had a, a big foundation that he's been developing right and then baywatch came with the rock yeah. Obviously, your expectations have to be, you know, through the roof. Right. You stand next to the rock. So, yeah, I mean, he probably just hired a crazy team. I remember hearing that he, like, for four months didn't eat, like, any type of carbs at all. You know, which is insane. It's impressive. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he took anything. I mean, you can usually tell when, when especially younger guys, too. Mm -hmm. are taking stuff yeah of course but that's why like we're having this topic because it's in such a short period of time you see a lot of these actors just come out of nowhere like come out of left field just blow up and it's like what the hell yeah it's and, and then you're wondering to yourself like how is that possible like how did how did they do it um when it comes and the, people have to keep in mind too when these actors go on screen especially if it's focused around their physique off camera they're getting an unbelievable pump um, they're getting some sort of, uh, some sort of tanning agent to make their muscles and veins pop. Right. So before they even get on screen, they're prepping to look even better than if they were just sitting on the couch for a few hours. You know what I mean? Right. So, and I, I think that's a lot of people, that's where people like misconstrued things. Um, they, they take what they see on screen and it's like, they think he looks like that all the time. Right. But that's pump. That's post pump post tanning post makeup like he he's supposed to look like that on screen right take a take it what also, it looks like off screen it's also you know if you look at it like a, a bodybuilder or mm -hmm. pro athlete or something they're training for a specific time right for spe specific uh you know moment right where once that moment passed you're not going to be eating that strict diet and stuff it's, it's impossible you cannot maintain a diet like that for a full year or even six months i think personally right. i've never done it like i've never really been on like a strict diet weighing everything right that i've done 
or sorry, everything that I've ate, mm -hmm. eaten. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no way that someone can just not eat carbs for right. a whole year. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not possible. No, 100%. Um, and then, like, if we're talking about natural transformations, uh, Chris Pratt, I think, also had a natural transformation. He was a very heavy guy, and he just cut down for his role in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, his physique wasn't anything crazy. He looks great. Um, but it wasn't anything where I was like, okay, like this doesn't seem right. Like right. in, th I think in four, I think, I think that transformation took four to five months. I think in four to five months from where he was to where he got, like again, with the trainers and the nutritionist, um, that's easily attainable. Yeah. Easily attainable for a guy like that. Again, you can look at his physique and it's not anything, uh, you know, beyond limits. Right. Exactly. It's very exceptional exactly that he put in. and i know chris pratt's history like i know he played high school sports and i he, i don't know if he played in college but he, he wasn't he probably wasn't um new to the gym or anything like that but if you look at what his physique was like he definitely wasn't going to the gym so i think while he was cutting fat um he probably gained a little bit of muscle because he's experiencing the newbie gains and newbie gains are for beginners um, who will cut fat and gain muscle at the same time. It's one of the most, it's one of the only proven ways to gain muscle and cut fat at the same time. Um, if you're a seasoned uh, gym rat, I guess you could say, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to gain muscle and cut fat. A lot harder. Right. Um, speaking of which, I want to talk about Kumail uh, Nanjiani. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um and if you guys don't know who he is, uh, he's a comedian, actor, and he's get, he just got ready for a role in the uh, Eternals. Yep, Marvel. For Marvel. Yep. Um, and if you look at the transformation this guy has made, he's a completely new man. It's unbelievable. And it's, it's been, very motivating. It's very motivating, but it's also uh, very controversial because a lot of people have been talking and trying to, uh, I guess, disprove his transformation because it doesn't seem natural. I mean, I remember when he came out with the reveal of it, if he posted on his Instagram yep. or something, and he would, he, I remember he wrote how it took over a year. Of just, right. You know, uh, a work ethic that he's never done before. Yep. And, and a team around him that it was just completely different, you know, lifestyle that he, he was not used to. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's unbelievable. No, a hundred percent. You know, and how he looks. But he did it in a year, and I think you know if and he definitely years a long time. Man. It's a long time, and he was new to the gym, right? Um, so again, he's cutting fat and gaining muscle. He's experiencing those newbie gains because he is new to the gym. I think his transformation was natural. I really yeah, do. I do too. And I think his genetic makeup uh, just calls for a lower. Um, percentage i don't think he was meant to hold a lot of fat in his body to begin with because even before his transformation i wouldn't say he was heavy, like no. heavy or overweight he had fat on him but he was still like skinny yeah skinny fat skinny fat exactly and he was like again like i think his genetic makeup he's not built to hold a lot of fat in his body right so i do think kumail's transformation was indeed natural for sure yeah i think so too uh okay so moving on uh we're gonna talk about the rock mark Wahlberg, hugh jackman these actors who are in their 50s but they're still making gains in the gym. Now, if you know a little bit about testosterone, once you get to that age, your testosterone levels decline drastically. Right. You can't put on muscle as easily. You can't lose fat as easily. Your metabolism slows down and so on and so forth. So you look at the guy, you look at Mark Wahlberg, Hugh Jackman. Now, these guys are not necessarily like super big, 
You know, they're not like yeah, they're not bulky. Right. But people have to understand that just because somebody um is taking steroids doesn't mean they have to be a mass monster, right? There's different steroids for different um uh purposes. There's cutting agents, bulking agents, some that do both, yada yada yada. But to be in your 50s and to still be shredded year round to look bigger for roles um and to put on muscle as easily as they do it, it seems a little fishy to me now i know mark Wahlberg, hugh jackman they live in the gym they're just they 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 go to the gym every day they work out they have home gyms they're dedicated to their fitness and physiques okay i get that but when they're getting ready for a role like mark Wahlberg and pain and gain blew up mm -hmm. completely blew up in a short amount of time i think it took three months for him to gain i think i think it was like 40 or 50 pounds yeah and most of that was muscle yeah thick third and three really months thick. so you're telling me all right let's 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 take 10 pounds was fat and then you put on 40 30 to 40 pounds of muscle in three months do you know how hard that is at his age to do that yeah it seems a little fishy hugh jackman another one for the wolverine days of future past extremely cut oh extremely cut right and still big and still strong there's videos of him prepping for these roles and he's deadlifting well over 400 pounds he's benching close to 300 pounds like that's just crazy dude that is just insane at to be 50 something years old and still doing that seems fishy right to me now whether they're taking steroids or not it could be you know hormone replacement therapy which i heard is very popular for men that are getting older and still want to you know make gains and things like that but i think that should be known i think i think it should be known 100 percent. the studio should or the studio or the actors themselves should come out and say listen this is what i did this is exactly what i did to get ready for this role i did use hormone replacement therapy i'd use these supplements that aren't, aren't available to the public yada, yada yada so on and so forth um again this is up to speculation i'm not taking away from the hard work dedication these actors put into their roles but it just doesn't seem natural right in my opinion again like i'm on i'm on your side i'm like it, it's it seems like it's not possible right at least to us right because <laughs> we have because we don't have the resources that these guys right, have right. so that's another like but, but again this is why this topic is so controversial because these guys have unbelievable resources at their disposal right and we don't you know what i mean but it's also too like there's so many people that or our age or you know even younger right they look at hugh jackman they look at all these big actors and they just immediately assume steroids is the answer right like that's the thing i hate about when people do that it's because mm -hmm. <coughs> kind of like what you said i'm not gonna i'm not gonna discredit them for putting in the hard work right and putting course. in the time like even if they do have a team of nutritionists and and people uh you know personal trainers that's still a lot of time dedicated within one one day right and then they're big hollywood stars so their day is filled right like they have to take at least three hours out of the day just to go and work out and eat the proper things right probably have meetings once a week and follow up you know uh, appointments and stuff and it's definitely like, you know so that, that that's one thing i wanted to say where it's like you know i definitely don't want to discredit no anybody. yeah of course not and like i'm not and i'm not saying outright like these guys are on steroids and right. they they're they you know they but don't there's work too hard. many there's too many people that are just ignorant at the idea that they just don't know right you know how much is put into it right and like you're not just gonna you know take a pill or shoot up and exactly. work out for a week and yeah. look the way you want to you're look. gonna be a mass monster right. and everyone's gonna be scared of you that no it's that's not how it works but you know and i'm not saying these guys are outright taking steroids all i'm saying is at their age 
um, their transformations, the way they look year round. It just doesn't seem natural. It very well could be. They could just be gifted genetically and talented. You know what I mean? God just get just grace them with with these gifts. But like again, it just doesn't seem natural. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're on steroids. I'm not saying you know. It's it, it, at the end of the day, my opinion doesn't mean shit. It's it's up to you guys. Um, but I will say this about one particular actor, The Rock. Okay. In my personal opinion, I think he is 100% taking some sort of performance enhancing drug. He's 48 years old, and it seems like every time I see an Instagram post or video interview or a video of him working out, he's bigger and more lean. <laughs> I swear to God, if you look at the transformation from when he stopped wrestling and went into movies, yeah. like the game plan. Right. He's not he's not that big. Like he still, still looks great. Oh, he looks great. Still looks great. Looks great. He's not that big though, like in terms of what he looks like now. Right. Um which tells me right then and there that when he was with WWE, he was definitely taking shit. Because he just deflated after. You could tell. If you look at the before and after, he deflates. Now he's getting older, he's leaner, he's bigger, and he's stronger than he ever has been before at 48 years old. To me, that's I that's fishy as hell. Again, not taken away from the hard work and dedication this guy puts in. He travels with the gym. He has a home gym. He works out two to three times a day. He eats unbelievably well. But with all of that, I do not think you can you can attain that physique naturally. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's very controversial. Very, very. And again, and like it's all up to interpretation. It's speculation. I could be very wrong. You know, he could be natural. And again, just be gifted with these unbelievable genetics. In my opinion, though, this guy is taking something. Something. Or he's doing something that, that is not public knowledge that we don't know about. And if, and if that's the case, come out because I want to get on whatever the fuck you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? You want to weigh in on that? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I came out kind of strong with that accusation there. But again, like I, like I said, I'm not taking away from this guy's hard work. And I do admire The Rock a ton. Yeah, I have some of my, you know, role models. So I don't want to talk about <laughs> um, You know, I have some of his, his Under Armour clothing line shit. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like The Rock a lot. I think he's a good guy as well. You know, yeah. he doesn't have a bad bone in his body. Um, it's strange, too, because, you know, we're talking about Hollywood mm -hmm. and actors getting prepared for their roles physically with with a certain physique in mind right um nowadays it's like the thing you have to do yeah. if you're in a franchise or a studio film right but you can go back and you know just at the top of my head stallone and the rocky movies right um he was probably he's i would say he's like a pioneer of the physical transformation probably Probably, you know. yeah. I mean, well, yeah, in terms of transformation with eyes on you, yeah, because you look at Rocky, you know, he's nowhere near what he looks like in Rocky Four. Uh, Rocky Four, he's cut, he's shredded to the gills. Right. But then, like, you can look at Arnold, and mm -hmm. he was obviously a professional bodybuilder. And he, yeah, he and was then on he turned into, yeah, he was on steroids. He was on steroids. Turned into an actor. Right. So it was like, Stallone, you can, you can look at it and be a little bit more, uh, uh, see the arc in it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, but even look at him now. I think he's 70. He's in his 70s. And uh, from what I've seen within the last maybe three to five years of you know him posting or him on, on the internet. He like, still he looks still pretty looks good. He still looks pretty damn good, man. Like he came out with a movie um, like 
the bullet in the or into the head or something. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking like, about. What, like maybe eight, ten years ago? And he looked good. Yeah, he looks incredible at 60-something years old. Like. Yeah, and I think last year he came out with Rambo Last Blood, which I heard was absolutely awful, but he still looked pretty fucking good. Right. And in The Expendables, he looked good. Yeah, right. You know, and like he's probably in like his late six, early, uh, mid to late sixties in those movies, but still uh, to be that age and to look that good, again, it just doesn't seem natural, and, and that's why people are constantly talking about it and having these, you know, discussions. Um, yeah. Uh, and that is the end of this week's episode. We would like to thank everyone who tuned into the pod. We have more content in the works, so stay tuned for that. Also, for all you movie buffs and comic book enthusiasts, check out the F and Nerds podcast hosted by my brother, Nick Denizio, and his good friend, Martin Moreno. They post some really good content and really good movie reviews, so check them out. Uh, Dom. Yeah. And as always. As always. Tuning off. Signing off. Stopping off. I was supposed to say that. We're leaving. Adios. Arrivederci.